0: only takes one to mess a marriage up, but it takes two uh, to repair the marriage. And so what you're feeling is a reaction to the betrayal of the breaking of the covenant that you've entered into with your husband.
1: Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and Author James Ford, Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you've joined us today as we're doing something a little bit different. It is Ask Pastor Ford. Many times on the program, I'll say something about if you have a question about something you're hearing uh, in the series, if you've got a question about living out the Christian life, something about a certain scripture passage, go ahead and ask your question. You can do that by coming to the website, treasuretruthradio.org, and clicking on the contact link. And today... We are answering listener questions. So, Pastor, you ready to dive in? Ready to dive in. we got in. some big ones here in oh, front yes, of us. and we uh, certainly do. We'll go ahead and start with a listener who's remaining anonymous here, and she writes, I've been married for 18 years. My husband confessed that he's been cheating on me for the past three to four years, and I'm having the hardest time forgiving him. I feel so heartbroken, and I've become a mean person, someone I don't like. Uh, She says, divorce is something that I just don't want to consider, but the person that I've become is scary. I don't want him near me. I told him that we needed to seek counseling, but he's not willing to talk. He just wants to move on as if nothing has happened, but I can't. Please help. Uh,
0: Well, first of all, uh, my prayers go out to you. My heart goes out to you. Uh, You need to understand the way I'm viewing what you share with me is that your husband really wants you to be the one to initiate the separation. Uh, When you say uh, that uh, he shared with you that he's been cheating for the last three or four years, yet he does not want to seek counseling and he doesn't want to talk about it, that says to me that he really wants you to be the initiator of maybe the possible separation or divorce. Um, it only takes one to mess a marriage up, but it takes two uh, to repair the marriage and so what you're feeling is a reaction to the betrayal of the breaking of the covenant that you've entered into uh, with your husband, you know, in sickness and health and poverty and wealth until death do us part. He has violated uh, the sex act, which is the consummation of the marriage. What commences the marriage? The vow. What consummates it? The sex act. What is God's ideal? God's ideal is a virgin man and a virgin woman. They come together and the covenant is sealed. Now, sex is the Velcro of the soul. God has given us sex as a reminder and a renewal of our covenant. As a matter of fact, uh, I share with people all the time. It's almost like communion. Hmm. Now, I'm not being blasphemous or not holding communion sacred as it should be, but what is communion? When I take communion, it tells me I'm married to Jesus Christ. I've been justified and I'm being sanctified. Ultimately, I'll be glorified. But when he comes back to get me, that's when the final part of the marriage will take place. So I'm to remain faithful to him. I come to the table. It's the Lord's table. That is, it's his private personal possession. It's the Lord's supper. It's his private personal provision. And so I'm saying when I drink that cup, I'm in a blood covenant. And Jesus Christ is our husband. And when we come to that table, we're saying we're totally sold out to him, even in his absence. So now what needs to happen is your husband needs to repent. Uh, he really hasn't confessed. Uh, he has shared it with you. But in the biblical sense, confession, homo legale, it means to say the same thing as. What is confession? when I agree with God against myself. So mm-hmm. what you need to see in him is 2 Corinthians chapter 7, 10 and 11. People say to all the time, well, you can't see a person's heart. And how do you know if they really repent? Well, Paul said, godly sorrow, worketh salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world works death. So he anticipates like he always does. Someone will say, Well, how do I know the difference between word sorrow and worldly sorrow? And he gives seven elements of godly sorrow. It's the fruit that you could see. And he links them together so that we know it's like a chain. In other words, one of them is not good enough. Hmm. All seven of them become clear evidence. And Paul ends it by saying this, and you have become approved in this matter. And so what's he talking about? The violation when you demonstrate those things. So you need to understand that if I were counseling you, I'm straight, no chaser. You are the victim. He's the victimizer. Now you're responsible for your own decisions, but you're reacting to a violation of the covenant. And so you may have forgiven and see forgiveness is punctiliar. Now, what does that mean? I know if Steve were in this conversation, he'd say, wait a minute, wait wait a minute. Break that down. I don't know (laughs) what you're talking about. It's point in time. It's volitional. God wants us to forgive as an act of our will. Yeah, right. It's volitional, not
1: emotional. And that's something that while it's point in time, it may be many, many, many
0: points in time. That's right. That's right. That's Because you come to the emotional process. See, the emotional forgiveness is a process. You have to be healed. So a lot of people say things like, well, I thought I forgave them, but I feel so mean spirited. No, what's happening is. You could have forgiven volitionally, but you're healing emotionally. Now, if that person hasn't repented, that's like you ever have a a wound, Steve, when you were young and picked a scab? Oh, yeah. And it got worse. It gets worse. Yeah. And that's exactly what she may be going through. Yeah. It's like you shared this with me. You've crushed my world. You violated our one flesh relationship. You're disregarding what God has said and you're destroying me and you don't care about it. Yeah. You know, what can she do? She has to do some things like Dr. Dobson would say, first of all, it's got to be tough love. Tough love. Yeah. Like a person who's experiencing uh, physical abuse. You can't hit me and have me. Well, you can't have your cake and eat it too. So as long as you have a girlfriend, you will not have me. Mm hmm. That's number one. Now you have to make a decision. Now, uh the Bible, and, and I'm like everybody else, I never have suggested to anyone that they get a divorce. You know, but First Corinthians 7 says you can be biblically separated. Sure. As long as you don't date anybody else and all of that. Yep. Because what needs to happen with your husband is that God's got to get a hold of him. And if God gets a hold of him, then what will happen is if you read 1 Corinthians 7, here's what you'll see. Bible says, if you have an unbelieving spouse, and it's an unbelieving spouse, and the spouse wants to stay, let them stay because they come under the umbrella of the protection that God will give you because you're in fellowship with him. So then once the spouse that does not walk in obedience to God moves out from under that umbrella, now the devil has an opportunity uh, to work on that person. First Corinthians five, five, there was a man who was committing a fornication with his stepmother and Paul got upset that the Corinthian church knew about it and wouldn't correct it. Here's what Paul said in verse five, deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the soul may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. What God needs to do And what I believe he wants to do in your husband's case is to remove the hedge of protection from around him uh, so that uh, the devil will have access to him where he will come to the place where he will repent of the sin that he's committing against God and against you. Remember what Joseph said. When Miss Potiphar told him, Joey, you know, come step to me. Come get your swerve on. Come on, let's have sex. He, he said in, in our colloquial, speak to the hand, my soul don't understand. He says, I cannot do this sin against God. And so he saw it first and foremost as a sin against God. Until your husband gets to that place, he probably will not repent. And mm-hmm. so what you need to do is focus in on getting healed even while you're going through this and you can't move on as if nothing has happened. Uh, you need to go get yourself some counseling. Mm-hmm. I, I would say someone who has had the experience would be the best, although that's not always necessary. Uh, but I like to do that because I think somebody who has been cheated on gives you counsel, and if, especially if they've been trained now to counsel, is going to be able to not only give you uh, the counseling that will give you the principles, but they'll have the passion that's necessary and the comprehension of what Mm -hmm. you're going through. And let me just say, uh, God can do it. Uh, My wife and I, uh, we uh, both have uh, adultery in our background. That was before we got saved. As a matter of fact, it led to our salvation. Uh, But God allowed us to overcome that. And we just celebrated uh, uh, last week uh, 47 years of marriage Mm. after uh, being headed to the divorce court after three years of marriage. So for 44 years, we've been Christians and for 44 years, God has made our marriage better. We've been able to overcome our infidelity And now we have a hedge of protection around ourselves to make an effort to avoid that ever happening again. And I just want to do one other thing before we finish talking about this subject. Now, I know there's much, much more that can be said. I trust uh, that you are listening and that you're able to get some things that will help you through this. Um, but I want to say just a brief word of prayer for you. Our Father and our God, I pray for my sister. She's anonymous to us, but not to you. And Lord, I know that you can fix her broken heart if she'll just give you all the pieces. As a matter of fact, if she doesn't give you the pieces, you can fix it. So I pray uh, that you would be who you said you are. You said in 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4, you're the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort others with the comfort wherewith we ourselves have been comforted of God. And so, Lord... I pray that you would stand in the stead, that you would be her husband, that you would be the one that she looks to and depends on and trusts in, and that she will know that she's to be anxious about nothing. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let her request be made known unto you, so that the peace of God that passeth all understanding shall guard her heart and mind in Christ Jesus. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: Well, thank you, Pastor, and uh, thank you, Anonymous, for uh, your question. I think uh, that you are actually writing for many and uh you you mentioned dr dobson pastor just a few moments ago and that tough love that love must be tough is the yes, title of that book that's right um i, I would strongly recommend that yes, as, I would as well and, and uh, as you said follow yeah. that up with counseling
0: that's and, right and i would also follow up with a book by david carter c-a-r-d-e-r mm, yeah. who was the uh counseling pastor for uh, Dr. Chuck Swindoll for years. He has a book out that's called Torn Asunder. Get that book and get that study guide and begin to work through that. It's going to help you immensely.
1: Well, if you have a question for Pastor Ford, you can always ask your question by coming to our website. It is treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the contact link. Again, that's treasuredtruthradio.org. Thanks for listening. Stick around. We're going to take a short time out. We'll come back and answer more questions right after this.
2: We want to thank you for listening to Treasured Truth with pastor and author James Ford, Jr. This teaching program is made possible through the generous support of listeners like you who sustain this ministry through their prayers and finances. Please pray for us. And if you're able, would you consider becoming a partner with us? To become a monthly partner, contact us today. Call 888-644-7660 or go online to treasuretruthradio.org.
1: This is Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a special edition of today's program. It is Ask Pastor Ford, an opportunity for you to have your questions answered. Many of you have uh, written in through our website, treasuretruthradio.org, clicked on that contact link and asked a question about living out the Christian life or something maybe you've heard on a broadcast. And today we're going to answer a question from David, who uh, writes from Illinois. He says, Pastor Ford, I have a question about marijuana. How can we get around the fact that God has basically given us these plants, but yet at the same time, uh, we know that there can be negative effects on us? He says, for example, my brother in Christ for 20 years, my brother-in-law has been using marijuana to ease his back pain several times throughout the week. And he's been doing this for years. Now, when it first started, that's something that we would always say. It's a God-given plant. So uh, let him smoke the pain away. But now, family has noticed changes in the everyday encounters with him. How can I help my brother in
0: Christ? Wow. Well, you know, this is the, in my estimation, uh, the next hot question for the pulpit. Hmm. Uh, pastors are going to be experiencing this. Some already are in yeah. states where it's become legal, uh, to utilize marijuana. Uh, even the medical uh, marijuana. Sure. And so it's going to be a question that generates more heat than light. And and I'll go on record as saying it's a question that I haven't uh, considered a whole lot. But now, you know, I'm being asked by members of my congregation. Sure. Okay. Is it okay to use medical marijuana? Is it okay to, you know, to smoke marijuana? If, and I've even had one of my elders come up to me and say, you know, I think I'm getting ready to move to Oregon. And I say, really, was the job moving you there? He said, no, you can smoke weed there free. You know, it's like, well, he was teasing, of course. But, Good. <laughs> <laughs> but you said some things, and, and I just want to focus on some things you said, Brother David. You said, how can we get around the fact that herb is a God-given plant? Yes, it is a God-given plant. But you also said something that was very profound. You answered your own question. You said, but at the same time, we know we shouldn't be smoking or consuming it because of the effects that it has on us. So then when we look at Scripture, uh, since uh, you know people weren't smoking weed that we know of back then, the Scripture doesn't address it. The scripture doesn't address some of the contemporary issues that we have today, but it is filled with principles. So we must look to the principles of scripture to understand what is okay to practice. The key word in what you said is its effects on us. So then God has not smoked, smoking, Uh, you know, that that was a a slip. Yes. God has not spoken to smoking marijuana, but there are principles about drunkenness, about getting high. And so what we have to do is here's some questions. Here's some questions. Question number one, first Corinthians uh, chapter uh, 10, verse 31 can I do this to glorify God? Question number two. Can I do this in faith? Romans fourteen, fifteen. Whatsoever not is faith is sin. So if you have doubt or you have guilt, then your showing is something that you should not be doing. Uh, is this something that will bring me into bondage? That's First Corinthians chapter ten. Read the whole chapter, and he said, "I will not be bound or put in bondage by anything. You said here when it first started, we would say it's a God-giving plant. Let him smoke the pain away, but now you noticing that it has now become an addiction. Hey, don't ever forget this. It's a little ditty that I use ad infinitum ad nauseum so a thought reap a deed. Sow a deed reap a habit. Sow a habit reap a lifestyle. Sow a lifestyle reap an eternity. And so it all begins with the thought processes. You must have biblical thinking about this. Now, I know what you're going to say because I've heard the argument already. What about things like morphine that we use for pain and all of those other kinds of things? Isn't the fact that it's prescribed medically, doesn't that make it okay? Okay, well then let me answer your question with a question, something my mama said don't ever do. I never did it to her, (laughs) but I'm going to do it to you. Alcohol during prohibition was illegal. What did the Bible say about it? Now, Now, this is my understanding. Okay, of Scripture, that it's not a sin to drink. It's a sin to get drunk. So even though they had prohibition and man put something uh, on man uh, that God said was okay, we're still supposed to follow the law, so prohibition. But now that it became legal, is it okay? Well, now the law says it's okay, so it's okay. But the Bible still holds us to not getting drunk. So to me it's a simple question. Now I can't I can't say anything about, you know, the pain that you're going through, but here here's my question. Is it something that opens you up to being high? Now now you got to study this on your own. And I know I'll get letters and emails about this, but in the book of Revelation It begins to talk about what's going to happen in the last days. Mm -hmm. And it uses the word sorceries. And I know you know it already, Steve. Do you remember that word, sorceries, in Revelation? It's the word pharmakeia, from which we get the word pharmacy. Hmm. So Revelation intimates or implies that in the last days, sorceries are going to be heightened through the usage of pharmaceutical, or pharmacy, or drugs. And so, you know, there's some things you have to consider here, and I trust that you will. Uh, I believe that there are principles in Scripture that will tell us uh, that's not for us. That's not for us. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you ask me.
1: (laughs) Well, the door is opened. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I believe. All right. Well, Thank you for answering that. David, thank you for your question. And you may have a question about something that you hear on the broadcast sometime. You can always ask that question by coming to our website. It is treasuredtruthradio.org, treasuredtruthradio.org. Click on the contact link. You can always give us your feedback. Let us know where you're listening, why you're listening. And uh, ask any question that you have, and we just might answer that on a future broadcast. Hey, Pastor, we've got uh, about a minute before we go, and I just want to say something uh, quickly here. To those who are regular listeners to the program, we're able to make this program available each and every day because of their generosity. And so I'd love for you to maybe take just 20, 30 seconds and uh, just let us know why it's important for us to be supporting Christian radio and this Bible teaching program.
0: Well, because of some of the questions that we answered and some of the questions that we didn't get to, Mm -hmm. that we need a biblical answer to the problems that we're going through. Because uh, like what Warren Wiersbe said, he said, when I open the Bible, God opens his mouth. When I close the Bible, God closes his mouth. Over Moody Network, you're getting expositional teaching of the Word of God. What is that? We're just exposing the text to you and telling you what thus saith the Lord. And remember, when somebody says, thus saith the Lord, you make sure the Lord said thus. And you can always count on Moody Radio because we're getting biblical answers to everyday problems. Without their support, I would not be able to preach and teach over the Moody Network. And it is a privilege. And I want to thank you personally for all of your gifts to Moody Radio.
1: Well, you can give that gift online by coming to treasuredtruthradio.org and clicking on the donate button, a one time gift or an ongoing monthly gift. Again, that's at treasuredtruthradio.org. Well, thanks for listening today. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of the Moody Bible Institute.
2: Hear treasured Truth whenever you want. You can listen to Pastor James Ford Jr. anytime, day or night, with the Moody Radio app. It's available for your iPhone, iPad, or Android device. Listen to treasured Truth on demand, on the go, and at your convenience. To download the free Moody Radio app, visit treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the app button. That's treasuredtruthradio.org.